0: This is Catalog and Cocktails. Hello everyone. It's time once again, it's Wednesday and it's time for Catalog and Cocktails. It's your honest, no BS, non-salesy conversation about enterprise data management with tasty beverages in hand. I am Tim Gasper, data nerd and product guy at data.world, joined by Juan.
1: Hey, Tim, I'm Juan Cicada, Principal Scientist here at Data World, and as always, it is a pleasure to take a pause in the middle of the week, end of the day, and chat about data and uh, have some Your drink is a similar color stuff. to mine. Uh, yeah, and I just saw that you also had an interesting shirt on today. I do.
0: <laughs> this is my uh, honest, no BS t-shirt.
1: Well... <laughs> I always, people, I don't know if people have realized this, but I always wear a a Seinfeld t shirt. I think I've worn one for almost every single episode. And it's just a tradition I started. So here we go. And today we have an awesome guest. Uh, This guest today is somebody who has so much experience. Uh, in the IT. I think it, almost 40 years of experience in IT. I'm so excited to have Mike Ferguson. He's the managing director of intelligent business strategies. And if you actually just look up his name uh, uh, and and just okay. see his website and look at everybody who recommends him, it is outstanding. It's like amazing. Everybody you've worked with throughout so many decades. And, and I'm just so excited to be able to kind of just have this conversation and and pick your brain and learn so much from you. So
2: Mike, cheers. Great to have you. Welcome, Mike. Thank you, guys. A real pleasure to be here.
1: Awesome. So, hey, Mike, what are what are we drinking today, and what are we toasting
2: for? So, I'm drinking a margarita, and I'm toasting to the future and travel because uh, I haven't been on a plane in 18 months, and I'm really getting, you know, itchy feet. You know, so um, normally my life would be, I don't know, about 35 return flights a year. So I would step on a plane about 70 times. I haven't been on a a plane over 18 months. It's, uh, yeah, it's crazy. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to travel again.
0: Juan, you probably are feeling the same way. I know you've gotten a little (laughs) bit in, but not, not as much as you used to, right?
1: Yeah. So, so, uh, well, I'm, I'm drinking a A cucumber Japanese gin and tonic with a strawberry cucumber soda. So uh, there you go. There's my fancy drink today. And they're actually cucumbers right in here. And uh, I'm going to toast for two things. One is uh, we have our summit. summit coming up in a month and i'm super excited about that because we have just so many different uh, so many different topics and and great speakers uh coming up so we have uh shimak dighani talking about data mesh bar moses from Monte carlo data doug laney we have a bunch of panels and everything so that's gonna be fantastic and i'm also the second is i'm toasting for travel and and i've been getting traveling a little bit um i'm actually getting on a plane and I'll be on your neck in the woods uh, uh, starting tomorrow. So I'm going to be in Europe for the next two weeks. So uh,
2: I'm in there Paris,
1: Amsterdam, London, Edinburgh. So if any if you're listening around, uh, let me know. I'll, I'll I'll be over there. So
2: I'll do my best. <clears throat> hey Tim, what about you? Um,
0: I am drinking a. It's called a rum and smoke, and it's got simple syrup, lime, rum, mezcal, and a splash of peaty Scotch. Um, wow. sort of a smoky drink, uh, but, uh, very delicious, almost like a margarita, but smoky. Um, and, uh, I will cheers to the summit is going to be great. I will also cheers to travel, man. I have not traveled just as long as you, Mike, and it is weird. Uh, and then second, and then third of all, um, I'll cheers to making your own t-shirts. It's kind of cool. I did it (laughs) on uh, printful.com. Check it out. Maybe we'll, uh, set up our merch store at some point. Uh, Carly, our
1: producer is going to help us do that at some point. (laughs) We should do that. that. So we got our warm-up question today. So what's the most expensive thing you bought, but that you've never used?
2: mike so i think that's gonna have to be my daughter's car (laughs) i mean like yeah she was quite happy to get it but you know i never got to use it obviously and uh and now i can never use it because she's now sold it so 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 that's it you know just uh you know paid out and it's gone again but um never never mind you know
0: you, you didn't buy her like a Corvette or anything like that, right? It wasn't like a really fancy car, right?
2: No, no, it wasn't a, a particularly fancy car. I think it was the basic Ford. But um, nevertheless, you know, um, you know, Bank of Mom and Dad, you know, my managed to uh, fund her first set of wheels, and um, yeah, they're gone again. So I guess that was a uh, that was probably a good investment, you know. All right. <laughs> expensive sure you didn't happy. use it's it though, expensive uh unused investment on my part but um, you know how about <laughs> you tim
0: uh when i was thinking about this the uh, it took me a while but i i remembered i uh i bought a sony dslr camera and there was a period of time where i was like you know what i need a fancy camera and i got it with the nice telescoping lens and all that uh, it's probably about a thousand dollars overall um and i think i took about 50 pictures with it over seven years. So I definitely <laughs> barely used it. Um, but my oldest son is using it now. He's he's doing some photography. So that's good. Hey, it's getting a new life.
1: Cars, picture, uh, cameras. Uh, so um, mine is actually on the transportation. I have a bike. I, I think it's a nice bike. I don't, even remember, I don't even remember how much it cost, but it was not cheap. It's still in my garage. Barely use it. <laughs> so. <laughs> Well, talking about usage and what you use and what you don't use, let's dive into our topic today. And uh, so, Mike, honest, no BS here. With all this data that we are generating, are we really underutilizing it? Or Because we're when we kind of prep for this, you're like, well, data usage is the problem that we're not using it. I'm like, really, are we not using it? Like, where are we right now with this?
2: I, I think the the last decade's been about development, in my opinion. I mean, it's been real focused about all these new technologies. It's been a complete frenzy around data and analytics. Quite honestly, you know, and the speed at which technologies have leapfrogged each other have been crazy. And um, you know, one minute it's one thing, and the next minute it's the next, thing, and the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing. And there's kind of you know, trash all over the floor and. You know the kind of development organizations have been you know kind of trying out almost everything and anything but i think definitely the case for my clients um at the executive level you know corporate level if you like that that they're looking back at this and they're kind of saying okay you know w- w- you know w- we've invested a lot of money here and there's no you know, there's no shortage of that in the sense that the appetite is absolutely still there in the boardroom. But I think it's, yeah, you know, they want to put, they want to, you know, let's say better put to work, you know, they, they and I, I don't think they're getting as much bang for their buck as they would like. You know, I, I kind of think that, you know, this is the, I think one of my clients said to me recently that, you know, I want this to be the decade of use, not the decade of development you know and so I think there's a, a for that reason some top-down pressure you know from executives now who are you know financing all of this to say okay enough's enough you know we, we kind of want to you know not just experiment here we, we, we really want to industrialize this and 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 I, and I think for that reason yeah I don't think they are they, they, they feel they, they they've got enough use out of the data um, and I think a lot of it's just down to the fact that there's been, uh, I guess, what I would probably describe as a more fractured uh, set of activities going on across organizations. I mean, uh, I would say these days, almost every department of of any of one of my clients is screaming out for data and analytics. You know, from sales and marketing through operations all the way to hr you know i mean they all want it and 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 so in in that regard i guess you could almost say that data analytics is central to pretty well every business process every part of a business but i don't think that a cohesive integrated use of all of that is going on within organizations yet it's not you know it's it's not fully brought together so that people are pulling on the same rope and mm-hmm. and and so what we i think are now seeing at least from my clients certainly and obviously i spend more of my time since i'm based here in 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 uk working across europe i have clients all over the world but nevertheless you know, i have a lot of clients in europe and i think from a european perspective at least that you know they they want a bit more um let's say collective alignment around common business strategy rather than everybody flying off doing their own thing. And, 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 you know, when new technologies emerge, you know, it's not surprising, you know, people leap on it and, 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 and whatnot, and they want innovation, but I, I kind of think now that they're, that, that, that at least the top down pressure is, you know, okay, can we, can we industrialize this, you know, cause we really want to make, maximum value out of, out of this data and out of these models that are being developed. Um, right. and I think as well, they want it simplified, you know, there's too much complexity around. And I, and I think particularly around the data landscape, I think data complexity has, has really become a huge issue for, you know, a lot, a lot of organizations, you know, who, who may even be global, you know, and, and um, have a global presence. I mean, they just understanding what's out there, the amount of data redundancy that's out there, so there's copies of data all over the place, I think the number of data stores, the number of clouds that are in use, the whole data landscape is, is kind of becoming uh, almost a, a roadblock in the way of progress, unless they can get that under control if you see what I mean
0: yeah I mean you 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 know it reminds me of you know you see the diagram that people always talk about of the martech stack and all the things that are going on in the marketing landscape that used to be sort of the thing that people always would show before of like how complex things are it feels like the data landscape is similarly become just as fractured if not more fractured to think about the data stack and things like that and you, you had a few things there and in, in what you were talking about um, you know, particularly, you know, we started this with this idea of data use, um, to you, what, what does, what does it mean? To, what does data use mean? Like, what does it mean to be using your data and, and, and why are get, people getting this feeling that they're not using it? Is it just like, well, I don't so think it's much just data a... now that they're not taking uh, advantage of it all, or is it really like literally they're not using it?
2: no i think it's it's a bit of both in all honesty i i think mm-hmm. it's not just so much of the data that they're not using it's the fact that they're not getting enough analytical models deployed it's the fact that they don't even know what models are out there and who's developing what because there are multiple data science teams perhaps scattered around the organism um, there's no Catalog, if you if you want to call it that, I don't mean a data catalog. There's no catalog of all the models that have been developed that are available. Nobody will. Where do these get deployed? Are they what processes are they deployed in? You know, uh, business outcomes. You know, which like if I'm trying to reduce fraud, then. You know what collection of things are involved in doing that i mean you know companies can't see that you know the executives can't see that i mean they know that you know there may be some real-time models under you know being developed to stop fraudulent transactions they might know that you know, there's some kind of activity going on in order to make with a graph database project or something like that but you know you know seeing this whole collection of things that are being developed what data what bi reports what dashboards what predictive models what prescriptive models where are they being used how how, how they all work together in order goal of reducing fraud i mean that's what they can't see and 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 because of that you know they don't have a strong enough feel for whether the collective effectiveness of all of that is working to 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 the maximum
1: so it it it, it seems to me that this past decade has been kind of the the decade of, of a science experiment, it's a data science experiment, right? So we've been talking about, well, you have all this big data stuff, right? And, right, and all the NoSQL that kind of kicked off. We have a lot of stuff to go do. And then like, okay, now we got a lot of data. Let's go do stuff with data. But we kind of had no plan to what to go do with so much data. So we were like throwing money all over the place. And hey, you go do this thing. You go do this thing. And guess what? We uh, we kind of figured things out, but it's all ad hoc. Uh, we're reinventing the wheel all the time. So that means that mm-hmm. at the end of the day, kind of the progress or that, that we the, the progress or the, the value that we're showing is kind of spread across so many parts. That if we would have thought about it from the beginning, kind of with a plan, let's go accomplish A and B and and these things combined, that would have been better. But at the same time, we kind of were just. We, we were flying the plane and making the plan at the same time. So we kind of didn't know it. So it's probably now is the time to sit back and say, Hey, like,
2: yeah. I mean, I, I think what executives, what executives are saying is, you know, can we harness this? I mean, you're not trying to stop it, but what we want to do is harness it and, you know, kind of direct it. And also uh, we want to remove the kind of reinvention. We want to, Stop the you know repetitive rework. Probably the biggest repetitive task going on right now, as far as I can see, in most of my clients is data integration. You know, everybody's integrating data.
1: Well, that's, you know. that's the problem that we've always had forever and ever, right? That problem. Yeah, I was, and I always is that I, the, the data integration started. You have the relational databases coming out. The first systems, late seventies, early eighties. You have Ethernet, the networks coming out, and then uh, the split second afterwards, there was relational databases on a network, and somebody says, "I want to go query those two databases at the same time." And we've been integrating data from the beginning, and here we are. And and uh, I, I we're driving ourselves insane to the point that we keep doing the same things over and over again, expecting different results. Right? This is Einstein's definition of insanity. Something needs to change here.
2: Yeah, I I, I think it does in the sense that, um, you know, I think I think we we've seen org- organizationally. I think is is one of the major issues to solve here. I mean, I think um, that and I think culture as well is another major issue to solve but i I think organizationally you know we've gone from centralized kind of it then we went kind of distributed where it's kind of like everybody's doing their own thing in various teams and kind of what i'm seeing now uh at least in some of my clients is a federated model you know where we're kind of saying okay you know we have these teams out here but we now want to harness this thing and, and and kind of put something over the top of it that's going to organize it. And 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 align all of these activities with you know business strategy because obviously data and analytics ha- have to align with it, helping the business achieve its goals and, and improving business outcomes. So I think I, th- I think organization has a big a big role to play here. And you know obviously for some organiz- for some companies that's a major problem. You know if you're very heavily distributed already. You know some big global companies are that way you know that's that's a that's a massive challenge to be able to try and harness something like that and but 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 nevertheless i think um you know you could always say you know centralized is kind of monolithic to some extent decentralized is very fractured and i kind of think federated is kind of middle ground you know and and and, and i sent i sense you know Executives want the data problem fixed. You know, what I mean by that is they want the foundation to be trusted and, and, and they want the reinvention to be minimal, minimalized. And, and they want that whole, I mean, if you're going to be an executive said to me, look, if we're going to be data driven, we really need to organize to be data driven, you know, and, and, you know, there's a supply chain of data coming in here. And, and we need to get good at delivering reusable, trusted data that is also compliant. You know, we don't break any laws uh, in privacy and whatnot, but at the same time, um, we got to get good at this and stop the re- and, and, and up the reuse in order to be able to produce, you know, let's say trusted data once and reuse it everywhere. I don't mean one monolithic big database. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, you know, reusable data products, good example in structured data would be, you know, master data and transactions. I mean, you know, products, customers, orders, shipments, payments, returns, you know, th- th- these are, you know, business, you um, understandable data sets that um, could be used in multiple different analytical projects and probably are used in multiple analytical projects. So why is it that we you know, we have some team off writing Python to do data integration, some other team using self-service data prep tools, some other team using an ETL tool and other t- team using a script or something else. And before you know it, you've got a myriad of different technologies in place, trying to integrate data. And everyone assumes it's going to be understandable when there's no industry standard for metadata. I mean, so, you know, they, they, these tools don't talk to each other. If I'm looking at what I'm doing in my tool, you know, I, I can't see that somebody else has reinvented this, in another tool i don't even know you know Be- and that's the problem i think you know i think i think there's too many technologies and i think there's a a desire if you like to slim that down and uh, and try and get this more industrialized which i think is why we're seeing a kind of rise in things like data ops and the whole component based development around pipelines in order to get reusable components, speed up the, the development of these speed up the testing and deployment of, of those kind of pipelines. But but I, you know, I, I think it, it, it's got to get done in order to um, just, you know, get, get around the problem that we have a whole bunch all over the place.
1: You have described the problems that we that I, I personally have seen over and over again. Obviously, you've seen them for decades. And one of the so a couple a couple of things I want to make one first comment here is what concerns me a lot, and I'm seeing this. We've talked about this complexity of the data landscape. Is this whole modern data stack that we're seeing now? All these all these kind of uh, data integration tools that are in the cloud. It, and it, I have the impression too that it's more also kind of for a or a younger, cool, hip generation of companies, and they're not seeing the problems that you're describing. And they're kind of like, well, that's the modern stack today. And then a couple of years later, they're going to be stuck with more of this logic and all these issues, but stuck in some cloud tool whatever. And and this really scares me because we're just going to, I mean, before, at least you need to know your Python or, or, or your, your whatever mm-hmm. SQL, but now you're like, embedded in so many different applications and SaaS applications that you don't know how to get get that stuff out there so that that's something that really really concerns me about it so that was one comment i wanted to make and 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 the second comment is you were talking about centralization and decentralization and talking about data products so this seems a lot to this whole conversation we've been having around data mesh right so i'm I'm curious i'm also curious to hear your thoughts about data mesh but one word that you said, and I kind of want to push more here and get let's get let's get no BS on this is on this federated model.
2: Mm-hmm. So you
1: said that, well, wait, one thing is to be completely centralized, and the other thing is to be decentralized, but a balance between that is to be federated. The centralized, I get right, we're going to put everything in one place, decentralized, go do oh, it. By, by, uh, I mean, federated uh,
2: by, all right, so. By centralized, I mean obviously, you know, we've seen centralized IT. I think everybody knows that that's gone away, and we're out there in, in you know, distributed teams all over the place. And I think it's fair to say that the uh, folks out there in a lot of business units these days are pretty IT savvy, right? You know, so um, and and yet um, the problem really is. That I, you know, if you look at it from a corporate level, I think, you know, people are saying this isn't, you know, we're reinventing, we're still reinventing. You know, we've got different business units buying their own technologies, doing their own thing, you know, potentially making progress within the context of that business unit. But, you know, if this person goes and develops or needs customer data for a particular machine learning model and some other team in some other part of the business needs customer data, they may go off and produce their own version of customer data and so inadvertently end up with inconsistency because of it and 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 i guess the question is is there a way to get away from the continuous reinvention of course um i think the concern is you know from a federated point of view is can you organize you know is there a central program office so that there are these teams out there working but they kind of know which piece of the jigsaw puzzle they're building you know and 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 so we we have a central program office we know we, you know we know what the corporate objectives are we know what projects are underway who's building what you know which data products are we producing that are going to contribute to reducing fraud which bi reports which dashboards or stories are we going to use to do that? Which predictive models and who's building those? You know, in order to contribute to reducing fraud, which you know, graph databases are being built in order to look for fraud rings and things like that to contribute towards fraud. So there's an organized set of projects that are underway in order to, you know, um, achieve a common goal, which is in in, in this case, reduce fraud, or improve customer engagement or optimize some part of your operations but if you're going to go do that then all projects got to know that they're kind of all on this bigger team you know they're all working on their bit but i think also when it comes to data if you know if if multiple project teams within that context need customer data why why build it multiple times you know why can't i produce it have it ready to go and then if people need subsets of that then fine if people need to take customer data and combine it with other data then fine but you know don't give me don't take me back to zero every time in order to work on raw data for my project when i could expedite the whole project because of the fact that i've got you know a, whole, a lot of ready made stuff that i can potentially use and i think i think for me that's that's the piece that's missing. Is that there's good work being done around organizations, but there's no there's no front of the jigsaw box that says here's what we're building, and you know are we you guys are doing this piece, and you guys, which is kind of why I, I sort of see you know people like CIOs and CDOs kind of trying to get into that federated layer, if you like, organizational layer and be able to kind of coordinate, you know, multiple project teams and align it with business strategy, you know, because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, if somebody, some executive who is accountable for a particular strategic business goal says, what exactly have we done to help reduce fraud, you know, you'd really like to sort of say, well, yeah, we built these models. We built these reports. We're using this data. Here's the collection or the family of things that are underway or have been built to be able to do that. Or, you know, what have we done to improve customer engagement or optimize the supply chain so that you can can see that? And I I think for me, you know, that's that's the big piece that I think they don't see right now. I mean, they, they know there's a lot of stuff underway. And they're funding it in different areas, and it's happening on different technologies. But the you know it's very siloed; it's not very well integrated. And I think a lot of executives are saying, "Come on, you know we can do, we, we can pull this together, we can industrialize it, and turn this thing into a more well-oiled machine than it currently is."
0: Right. No, that that makes a lot of sense. And and obviously, there's an important role that's necessary for there to be leadership. And for there to be some sort of a central point of view, I love that you said that there is no front of the jigsaw box. Like that's obviously a powerful metaphor here where decentralization can really go wrong and where obviously the CIO, the CDO and the the leadership in the organization, even if they're pushing responsibility out to the spokes, right? where it's bring mm-hmm. your own data it's bring your own uh, you know bring your own domain knowledge but it's not bring your own policy it's not bring you know unlimited amounts right. of infrastructure right
2: and you can go build a piece of your jigsaw but if it doesn't fit with an next piece <laughs> your piece is useless you know what i mean i mean you, you can't not put you're just your pick taking in. a
0: bunch of puzzles and you're just you know right. my kids do this they pile it all into the same box right. it's 10 different puzzles all jumbled together it doesn't make sense well, <laughs> you, build, you build
1: your own piece and other people don't know that i have some missing part where is it well you're not talking to the person who's actually done that piece and then you're like oh this is broken we need to go buy the we need to go buy another uh, uh, jigsaw puzzle or stuff like that people are not communicating and i think that's interesting yeah I, i
2: i think you know there's definitely a communication issue i think there's definitely not enough sight of business processes and business strategy and business objectives you know, I meet some what, super what about smart. tricks,
0: metrics, Mike? Like, is metrics part of this as well? Oh, how, like, totally. how do you measure proper data usage or data governance? How does that play here?
2: Oh, I, I think I think that that plays a lot in being able. You've got, you I mean, the old the old cliche. You know, you can't manage what you can't measure, and certainly, you've got to have a way in order to be able to to you know to measure how well you're governing data. Um, But I think at the same time, there's more also other key measures that are out there, which are true business outcomes. You know, I mean, are you, you know, are you improving on EBITDA, you know, or are, you know, is there any, you know, key needles here that different business executives are accountable for, uh, you know, that you're really trying to. You know move those needles you know one way or the other in order to be able to reduce the risk or um, optimize some you know some part of, a, of your business operations or drive new revenue you know either through cross sell upsell or, or or gaining new customers you know through better personalization and those kinds of things i mean i think i think it has to be tied to business objectives and you know a, a lot of the time well, you know the tech, the, the tech business is uh, as good as as good as as good as I do. I mean, it's just been wave after wave after wave of technology, and I think that at times we get lost in the weeds looking at all the tech and forget about the outcomes. And I think what we're, um, you know, what I think we're getting reminders from, you know, the boardroom that you know it's the outcome. You know, like. We're a bank. We're 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 an insurance company. We're a retailer. Whatever business you're in, you know, they want to see real improvements as a result of using this, as opposed to, you know, let's ditch this library and go get this library. And aren't these, you know, aren't, aren't these algorithms cool? I mean, I think the, you know, some for example, one executive uh w- was with me on a zoom meeting uh recently and they they uh kind of said you know um god i you know I-, I learned about natural language generation when i talked to the bi team and i said oh yeah because uh, they just you know, get text to describe your visualizations they say <laughs> he said I-, I wish somebody would give me that for data science so i could understand what they're talking about i mean um I I mean, it just seemed to me that they they, they're trying to understand the business impact of um, of what they're delivering is is very, very important. And there's a lot of super smart people uh, in data and analytics. But I think the whole communication thing to the masses of of other people that out there that have to use this is still a big barrier, you know, Mm-hmm. to get, to give people mm-hmm. the confidence to use it, to make, you know, drive value with it. So Mike, I, I can imagine people listening to this saying BS, uh,
1: my organization, we definitely use our data. Like we don't have those problems over here. Okay. So what is kind of the litmus test? Like how would, so it's not, a, it's not, it's not a binary thing. We use the data. We don't use the data. I think it's like, a, it's a, it's a, it's a whole spectrum of it. What is a test that you can o- to understand how much are we using your data? Like, oh, we you, I mean, if I make up these numbers, you're using it 50%, right? You're leaving half of the opportunity on the table, or, or no, you're actually doing very well. Like you're 80%, right? Or you really suck at this, Like, right? You're just starting, like, what would you suggest given your experiences? Like, these are the things that would test, uh, that you should kind of ask yourself to go figure out where you are on this spectrum of data usage.
2: I think you need a, some kind of maturity model in order to be able to help, your, help you work that out. Um, but I, I, I think as well, um, the contribution, you know, are you measuring contribution to business outcomes for, over from anything that you're producing? You know, if, I, if, if people, <clears throat> I mean, don't get me wrong, there is lots of good stuff happening with data analytics, without a doubt. You know, it's just that I think it's not, Integrated enough, it it's is still a lot of silos going on, and I think there's an opportunity to, um, to, as I said before, industrialize it. You know, and and I think that's what people want to see, is can we produce reusable data that can be used for multiple analytical projects without them having to go and reinvent again. Um, is there ready-made data products that they can they can use? And then the second thing is, if I've got analytics, you know, is there a, a a catalog of what analytics are available, what reports, what dashboards are available? It's classified according to business outcomes, so that I can I can kind of see, you know, which 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 models are in play, and where, you know, which processes are they being used in. You know, and I think this is—it's the business deployment side that I don't think people can see well enough. And 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 so in that sense, um, I, I think it's it it it's there's some technology pieces missing. As I said, I think you know there's a lot of um, duplication of technologies, particularly around data integration. I think. Um, and and not enough reuse of stuff uh which i think so i think some rationalization is needed but i i I genuinely think the ultimate measure of success is how much you're contributing to a business outcome and 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 so therefore you know you have to be able you know if you go and build these models and deploy them you know for a purpose for example to um, improve customer engagement or or, or you know, or or to reduce fraud, or to optimize the supply chain. And the question is, is it doing, you know, is it resulting in greater automation and reduced cost in the supply chain? You know, is the supply chain, you know, are we have less waste in there? You know, are there measurable outcomes that allow you to judge whether what you're deploying is is effective or not?
1: So I, so I'm interpreting this as the following. I think this is this is actually a great a great test is. Go look at the, the business outcomes, right, that you've recently had, that people are celebrating. Oh, we've done this, right? This is amazing. We're all celebrating for that. Then go trace it back to say how much did existing data analytics project contribute to that particular event that we're all celebrating, right? So we, 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 are, we, we increase client engagement or whatever, right, or retention and stuff. It's like, okay so what happened for the what what were the events that occurred to go do that right there's obviously things that are not just data but then we can go trace it back and it's like well, if somebody's going to say well we, this event happened because we had this data and and so i think it would be really nice to go make that test and be honest with yourself and <laughs> if you're not finding it guess what you're you, you got all this data you should be doing stuff with it so i think that's, no, that's i really I, I agree
2: i mean you know for example if i build these pipelines to produce this data and I have this re- these reusable data sets, and then I build these models, or I, you know, or I take these reusable data sets and put them in a data warehouse or something, and then I produce these reports. Is anybody labeling all of these things to say that this data and these pipelines and these models and these reports and these dashboards are all labeled with this objective that says reduce fraud, or it says optimize supply chain? Right. So I like, can then you know, say anything tagged with reducing fraud. Could you tell me where, to, you know, wh- wh- what have we got? And then the question is, is the combination of all of the stuff that we've built, is it actually doing it or not?
1: Yeah, but, so we, we, we need to have actually a, a, a the, your organization needs to have a business glossary basically of the use cases that they deal with. And those use cases need to be connected directly or tagged to the actual data products that are being generated. So you can actually search for, uh, well, if I'm using these use cases, what are the data products that are being that that, that having? Yeah, used and you right may
2: find more? you may find that a data product like a customer or something, you know, that 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 customer data could be used in multiple projects, which could be associated with multiple different outcomes. <clears throat> but nobody's labeling it. You know, we all talk about data catalogs, and and it shows me all the raw data that's out there. You know. But I want to know about what about all the data we produced? I want to know about all the analytical models that we produced. I want to know about all the reports, you know, all these things. And I want it tagged or hung on a hook, which, you know, on the hook is this is this strategic objective in my business strategy. And the business strategy was set by the board and it's got you know, these executives who are accountable for these goals. And these are the measures that we're using to tell us where we're on track to achieving those things. And then I can label all this stuff and say, well, you know, all of these is to do with this objective. So therefore, is it working? You know, and and if it's not, then, okay, then we have to say, you know, some of this stuff is working, some of it's not. So let's fix the stuff that's not, you know, but I think it's, you know, if we can't, If we can't tie it back to business strategy then how on earth are you going to know whether what you're developing is effective i mean what i think and also it's not just what you're developing it's who's using it you know how much of it's getting used you know you can go build this stuff but if it's never used you got to, uh, you got to measure the usage of it, you know. And in, 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 terms of that, I mean, I think, I think, you know, that there's a number of ways to be able to do that. I mean, how many times do you execute the model, you know, how many trans- fraudulent transactions did it stop in flight, you know, so that you can measure these things and understand its its contribution, you know. And I don't, I don't see that right now. I don't, I don't see a way in which to be able to uh, measure the contribution to the business outcomes of all of this stuff being built. What I see is all kinds of projects underway with very intelligent folks and lots of data. But still, I think, you know, I see organizations that get their management information pack sent to the board in Excel. Excel.
0: (laughs) Who's driving, who's driving this though? Like, I, like one of the things, so I love everything that I'm hearing. I'm so excited about all of this. And like, for me, I'm like data literacy, data culture, like data usage. We're not talking about data usage enough in our organizations, but who's driving it? Is it the job of the chief data officer to be like, everybody pay attention. Here's the metrics. Here's, you know, I have the buy-in from the executive team. Is it, is it their job? Whose job is it to make sure we drive better data usage?
2: That's a great point. Actually, I mean, I think it's more than just a CDO. I mean, certainly I would have said, I, I happen to be chairman of a huge conference in Europe called Big Data London, which gets about 10,000 delegates. And I would say about three years ago, we did a survey, and CDO was like the cool job, you know. And I would say in those days, they were reporting into CEO. Mm. But I think three years down the line, a lot of CDOs that I know in Europe at least, and I, I, I must admit, I don't know the U.S. as, as well, um, are not reporting to CEOs. They're reporting back to into CIOs. And so, you know, whereas they were on a peer level with a CIO in the past, I don't necessarily, they think they are certainly in larger organizations. I don't think that that's necessarily the case anymore. But nevertheless, is that a
0: regression or is that a good thing?
2: <clears throat> no, I just think it's it's just that um, you know the CIO has 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 has, has become um, uh, you know just a more a more senior executive. I mean, I I mm. I I think it's it's an okay thing as long as you know somebody has to take responsibility of alignment with business strategy. And I think, frankly, CDO still is uh, uh, the right person to do that to to ensure that but but then there's another problem here which is if budget is out there with different departments and they're all off doing their own thing there's got to be some dotted line into a cdo that kind of says you know how are these things tying into business strategy so that even line of business executives know that and some of my clients i survey you know every year for the show um what i am seeing now is collective responsibility for this broadening across the executive management rather than just a ceo it's now multiple executives taking up responsibility for this and that's a good sign in my opinion because it's not just one person at the table that's accountable for this anymore it's the fact that that this is spreading and, and, and people realize that, you know, that this is a good thing, that they're taking up responsibility for trying to make this happen. But I, 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 I genuinely think that there's still a lot more can be done to align it all with business strategy. I mean, so, and, 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 and so, yeah, I mean, all I'm saying is, is that, you know, I think there's a, an organizational element to this, and I think there is um, perhaps some rationalization element to this. Um, And I think it's then, okay, okay, if we can get that under control, then, you know, is there a way in which we can speed up the development process and get these, you know, get, get these artifacts built, get these models built, get these, you know, get these out there? And then can we, you know, tag them so that we know what they're supposed to be trying to achieve? And then can we measure the effectiveness of them? In order to see whether they're actually doing that or not,
1: the, 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 this is uh, reminding me of a. Uh, I've been watching the content of uh, this guy called Gregor Hope. Uh, he has this book called The Software Architect. Uh, the, sorry, The Software Architect Elevator, and and I, I saw one of his talks, and it really it, it was eye opening for me. Is to understand kind of the role of IT, right? If IT, if IT reports to the CFO, it's a cost center right their focus is to reduce costs but if they were if they f- report to the coo it's about return on investment but if they report to the ceo it's about being speed and innovation right so you have to really understand where is your data your it organization reporting to that's going to change uh, so that was one thing that reminded me and then kind of to, to wrap up here because what we, we need to go to our our, our lightning round is you brought up about the usage and cataloging, and this reminds me of another conversation I've had before with one of our loyal listeners, with Mark Kitson, and he told me once, is, uh, or I think this was in the chat once, is, you need a, if a company has a data catalog, that's already indicated that they're trying to at least make use or track the usage. So if a company does not have a data catalog, they're way behind. And actually, if you're interested in acquiring a company, first ask if they have a data catalog, and go get it because if they don't, it's probably a company not worth buying because their data is going to be a big mess. So,
2: well, I, I kind of think that there's two uses of data catalog here. I mean, there's one which is to just know what data you've got out there, and um, I think the problem that I'm finding with my large clients is that you know you're not going to get a couple of thousand metadata entries in a data catalog. You're getting billions of entries in a in a data catalog, and that's a big concern uh, because if you Uh, harvest a lot of data and connect and scan a lot of data and bring in the metadata about what exists out there Um, having billions of metadata entries isn't particularly useful Mm -hmm. Um, so there's another problem here which is how do you map what you've got out there to something that's meaningful from a business perspective and and that is you know things like customers and products and you know, payments and returns and shipments and orders and these kinds of things. And I think the whole data concept model is a big thing. Getting business glossaries jump started with concept models, mapping and trying to use AI in order to uh, automate as much of the mapping of, 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 of disparate data that's out there to common definitions, you know, speeds that whole thing up a lot. Um, and 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 i i I genuinely believe that we are not too far away now from um being able to automate as much you know a lot of all of that mapping in order to be able to then say okay we know what data is out there we know what common definitions are here we know what the mappings are then can we generate some of the pipelines to be able to produce this stuff rather than you know have it all done by by humans but you know nevertheless i i think the other use of data catalog if you like is 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 to explain what ready to go data exists you know what ready made trusted data exists not the raw data you know if i've built these pipelines and i produce this stuff then what exists there and here you're seeing various terminology out there for this like data marketplaces or uh, data exchanges or those kinds of things yeah. you know where, where it's ready made you know it's not just all the raw stuff it, it it's ready made I, I don't I, have to-
1: I i call this uh um actually i've been talking to a colleague at, at indeed uh gary if he's listening he gave me this whole view of there's two lenses to the catalog one of them is for the lens of that raw data for the, cons- for the audience of that are going to be your data engineers want to know that.
2: Yeah. They're data. the, they're the producer the right? lens
1: of the data products and the consumers of that are going to be your data right. scientists. your data analysts. They're right. different views. It may be the same tool, but just different audiences, different tools and stuff like that. So
2: I'm totally, yeah, totally I totally I, I agree. I mean, I think there's information producers or data pro- you know, producers or data consumers. And, and I think there's two uses of the catalog in that regard. But I also think that there needs to be a catalog for all the things you're building, like the the, 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 the models, the reports, the de- all of that, right? So that I can see that. And so therefore question really is, is this marketplace or whatever you call it, is the second use case of the data catalog. Is that more than just a data catalog? It it tells you about all the models that have been built. It tells you that are out there and running. You know, if I start getting out into, you know, IoT and edge-based analytics, you could be talking about something like an oil and gas company with tens of thousands of models deployed you got to know about that. And we've yeah. got, you know, in, in order to be able to automate it and ma- manage it and everything. And so, you know, I, I think there's all of this needs to get opened up and used, but it comes back to the, the end game. The end game is, are they effective? Are they contributing? And, and the you know, we've got to anchor it back to a business strategy and goals and, you know, strategic outcomes that 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 help us measure that or not um you know you know that it's not just about um and and of course the other aspect to this with machine learning which is kind of another wave which we may get to talk about may not you know is is, you know this whole wave of automation you know is about to lift off you know and 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 it's beginning to but you know we're at the beginning of that curve i mean that 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 thing is just going to Really lift off, and and then we can see, you know, real significant contribution to effectiveness in a business.
0: But that's actually a great segue because actually the first lightning round question we'd like to ask you is around this exact topic. Um, and obviously, this is yes or no answer. So, and feel free to give a quick little bit of context here. Uh, but um, the more AI and automation and analytics, the better that our data data usage will get. Yes or no?
2: Um <clears throat> Could you repeat the question? <laughs>
0: yeah, sure. The more AI and automation in data and analytics, the better our data usage will get
2: uh, as long as they've been trained on on the right data, um, I would hope so um. But um, you know, obviously, we have to you know we'll eliminate bias and all mm-hmm. kinds of other things around that. But I think as long as those models are are trained, um, then potentially, yes. I mean, that's the hope, at least. But it, you can't just assume it's going to happen. You've got to measure it to make sure it is happening. Got it. So next one: Are data
1: literacy and data culture the biggest deterrents, obstacles to data usage? Yes or no?
2: I would think, I would think, uh, yes. I mean, I think data literacy is about confidence, isn't it? I mean, it's about, there's not enough people have enough confidence to uh, take advantage of data. And I think um, we need to get more of that out there. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, So I think data literacy, data culture is this hidden thing. You know, it's, it's kind of, and the, and the question again is, you know, what, what's data culture about, you know, data culture is about how do you get, how do you persuade your organization to have mass confidence and and, and, and change, right? And, and so I, I think that's why I believe that measuring contribution is so important because if you put up a business strategy up here, and here's our strategic goals, here's what we're trying to achieve, and here are our outcomes, what you're doing is giving all these project teams something to aim at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you know? that,
1: that,
2: that, that's so, right. That, that's so right. so in a way, what they're looking at is you know they're going after it hungry, you know, is a, you know, and every time that needle, those needles move and they they see that's a buzz, and and that's in my mind what's going to change the culture. They have to see the contribution of the data and what they're building, in order to be able to change a culture. You know, right? Um, I, I because because then it's not um, you know, then it's the people themselves that change the culture. Yep. You know? Um. So
1: so final final last one. Will an industry standard on metadata emerge in the next five years?
2: Uh, frankly, there is one right now, but no one wants to use it, and that's the problem for me. You know, which there's the, the Linux Foundation Nigeria project, Algeria. Uh, okay. which has been going for about uh, three three and a half years now. Um, the problem is the lack of vendors who want to pick it up and use it, and and, and so, you know, in my opinion, this is not um, a technical barrier. Um, it's a business decision. The vendors are deciding not to go that way. And for that reason, you know, there won't be a business, there won't be a standard that's being used to the maximum, obviously, because I, I think it conflicts. I'd love it. I'd love to see the masses go down the Ageria road. There's only two ways I'm going to see that happen. I because I, bearing in mind that I've seen, I think this is the fourth attempt in my lifetime in my career okay. at metadata standards. They've all three previous have failed. Um, <laughs> so this is the fourth one, and you know, I think the problem here is. Um, yeah, small vendors are afraid to do it. You know, if the bigger vendors did it, by that I mean the hyperscalers. You know, the, uh, IBM is doing it, but if I took somebody like you know Microsoft and Google on, on on AWS, if they went down that road, you know, you get there's six major vendors I would say in our industry today. I think if four of them went, yeah, the the industry would go right. Mm-hmm. The only other way could happen is if let's say I get a hundred banks or a hundred retailers or whatever join Nigeria. And, and then just say to the vendors, "Vendors, look, we're not going to buy anything from you until you guys do this."
0: Yeah, there's not so enough pressure it, yet. Right, it'll it's happen. A,
2: there's not enough yeah. pressure from you know from my you know from the customer side. I think because quite honestly, a lot of customers don't uh, know the, about Egeria yet. Still, not very well out there. But or, yeah, or the I benefits
0: mean, of open metadata, either right? Yeah. It's, uh, or I mean, the part, or right, the benefits. Like, oh, they kind of know, but you know, they're not really feeling the pain yet, right? All right, so yeah, we've we got like yeah. two
1: minutes left because okay. we have to we have to wrap this up. So, uh, Tim, quick takeaways. I'll go mine, and then we'll throw it back to 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 Mike here. So, quick, what are your top two? Sounds takeaways? good. So,
0: Tim's takeaways: data complexity is a huge issue. I think you really address that, Mike. And uh, there's pressure for organizations to industrialize, to make this process better from the people, from the technology and from the overall process perspective. That's why we're seeing data product management, data mesh movements, all these things. We have to tie this to measurement, uh, not just of sort of our governance and our data processes, but of business outcomes. So I I really love sort of your talk track there. Uh, What what about you, Juan?
1: And for me, it's like understanding that this last decade has been kind of like understanding things in an ad hoc measure in an ad hoc way. We need to really focus and connect it to the business. We need to uh, the test here is to go understand how it's tried to a business strategy. Go figure out what your data analytics product is. It's tied to a business strategy. You have to be explicit about it. Otherwise, you're not using it. That's the way to go do that. And I love this whole notion of there is no front of the jigsaw puzzle. That is what we're building. Like we need to know what that front of that jigsaw puzzle is. I love, I love that thing. Um, Mike, throwing it back to you, one minute, what's your advice? And who should we invite next?
2: Okay. So my advice is <clears throat> nothing necessarily to do with what we've been talking about is a life thing, really. For me, my advice is surround yourself with others who are better than you and learn from them. And and also, I have this thing in my head, which is always, if in doubt, separate it out. That means if you don't understand a problem, dismantle the problem and solve bits of it until you solve the whole problem. Love that.
1: Love that. Who should we invite next
2: um my uh nomination um uh in the hot seat next time around would be donald farmer at Treehive. hive if you haven't interviewed donald yet uh i can put you in touch with him donald's great um he's a scotsman living in uh, seattle so um uh and uh, he has a a great treehouse i mean a huge treehouse out in his backyard, which um, which you can walk upstairs to, you know, our steps to it winds around the tree all the way up there. That's his office. Awesome. <laughs> that sounds awesome, <laughs> Mike. Thank
1: you so much for this awesome conversation. Uh, okay. I, I this was th- there are so many brilliant points that we made here. Uh,
2: thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, I'm honored honored to awesome. be invited. Thank you very much for the time, guys. Really appreciate it. Cheers, Cheers Mike.
0: This is Catalog and Cocktails.